Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 81, Wedding Hotel. Why doesn't church get a bigger share of the wedding market these days? Last week we were at the Friends Meeting House in February 2023. We're on a non-church call watching how activities traditionally done in church are treated in non-church hands. And today we walk about 100 metres down Peter Street to the Edwardian Radisson Hotel. It's September 2023 and we're in room four on the first floor. What are we here for? Cousin Michael's getting married again. I've been to loads of church weddings. When I was a curate at Wilmslow with a lovely 15th century building, I would often take three weddings each Saturday. I really enjoyed getting to know a couple, winning their trust, practising our roles at the rehearsal, fighting the families to help the couple make sure they get what they wanted. It's an incredible privilege to play this role in someone else's marriage. So I've choreographed lots of weddings in church, I've been to one wedding as the groom and lots of other weddings as a guest, all in church. This was my first civil wedding in a hotel. So what did it feel like and how does it compare with a church wedding? I suppose two of the biggest selling points for the hotel wedding are secularity, escaping the clutches of religion, and practicality, of having one single place for it all, having the whole day on one site with no guests getting lost between the church and the reception. This couple were not running away from religion. They asked me if I could take it, but I had to explain I've no longer got a license for ordained ministry. So I suppose it was practicality that won the day. I really can see the appeal of the one site selling point Having the whole thing in a couple of adjacent rooms with food and drink on tap felt luxuriously civilised. And I rather liked the scale of this event. Including bride and groom, we were 16 people, eight on each side of the sit-down table for the meal. Our Michael's in his 70s and the scale felt age-appropriate. My wedding had over 300 guests in church and over 100 for the sit-down reception couple of miles away. But that was in our early 30s. In a group of 16, you get the chance to meet everyone there. Everyone was in a good mood. Everyone wanted to support the couple. Everyone entered into the spirit of the thing. No hangers-on, no naysayers. Our wider family has not always had successful family gatherings. This felt like one of the best. Michael's sons mixed with Rose's sisters. Michael lost the mother of his sons to cancer a decade and a half ago, and one of the nicest touches was her brother standing up to say how pleased she would have been to see Michael marrying again. The highlight for me was meeting the groom's old friend who'd been to my school 15 years before me. We just had so much in common. After three or four hours, we really felt like a group of people 
who'd known each other forever and were now united in our commitment to support Michael and Rosie. Many big weddings start with the swing and then the mood deteriorates. Here the atmosphere built nicely over the duration and at the end I don't think anyone wanted to rush away. As a family party it was a great success and I think the scale and the one site setting were both conducive to this. So what about the actual wedding ceremony? My guess is that this wedding was relatively traditional, a gentle introduction to someone like me not used to the world of wedding deregulation. Two rows of seats in an arc facing a table with two registrars waiting for the bride to enter in her white wedding dress. But it didn't start well. I really felt for her. Beautiful as she was, I don't think she found this easy. Something went wrong with the music and she had to do the entrance again. Now I've nothing against the slightly overweight Asian man and rough sounding Mancunian woman who were our two council provided registrars. They were kind, friendly in manner and administratively competent. I watched them carefully and befriended them afterwards to pick up a few trade secrets. They were doing three this day. But I couldn't help thinking that taking a wedding is far more than legal administration. I scrutinised the certificate they provided, which looked to me more like a car MOT than a fitting record for the most important legal arrangement of your life. Neither the words on the page nor their performance skills created any real sense of occasion. This was very much an institutional affair. It's just that we've moved from the institution of church to the institution of the local council. For me, their act had all the magic of a local authority council tax bill. For me, the event suffered from the lack of a rehearsal and someone in authority who knows their role is more than administrative. To take the poor bride in hand, calm her down, help her gather herself and get her ready for the spotlight. Is there a vicar in the house? Did I tell you Rose's late father was... Yes, you guessed it, he was a vicar. I'll bet he could have done the trick right enough. And what of the other 14 people there? Well, without hymns to sing or prayers to voice or an affirmation of support to proclaim, our role felt just a bit passive. People smiled, clapped and of course took photos. We felt more like bystanders than participants. Modern church wedding liturgies involve the congregation more, rightly so. One final gripe. This wedding was not just in any hotel. This is a very special place to anyone in this part of the world with a sense of the past. The Radisson Edwardian Hotel is built into and over one of the most important buildings in the history of Manchester. This was the Free Trade Hall. It's already featured on Church Ahead in our Morrissey episode. In 1966, this is where the audience cried out Judas to Bob Dylan, shifting from acoustic guitar to electric. 
In 1905, two young women were ejected from a Liberal Party conference meeting for asking one question too many about votes for women. So they went out into the street and they formed the suffragettes. And that name, Free Trade Hall, famously the only building named after a principal, was the rallying base for the 19th century movement to stop rich farmers fixing the price of bread. Yes, the dreaded Corn Laws. One of the most important political battles of the Victorian era. And the successful fight was fought from here. This was the place where I saw an orchestra for the first time. This was where I saw Noddy Holder sing with Slade. Calm down, Revel. You're getting carried away now. All right, then. But this is a very special place with an important backstory. And I suppose I was disappointed it was not referenced in any way during the wedding. Any ignorant Southerners attending would have gone home none the wiser. I suppose many couples marrying in their village church will have a sense of the history of the place, especially the family history. Uncle Fred is buried here. Grandma's wedding was here. Matilda was christened in that font. The hotel does name some of its rooms after the building's heroes, and there is a memorial to the suffragettes in the entrance lobby. But in room four's nice and comfortable but slightly anonymous four-star interior furnishings, I felt as though we were anywhere rather than somewhere. There were some nice personal touches. The soundtrack for the meal was rosy bell-ringing, and an easel in the corner displayed some of Michael's Chinese calligraphy, with uh, an uplifting explanation from the artist. Gazing through the net curtains over the rooftop of the old Central Station Conference Centre, I filled in my own view of family history. There may have been 16 people in the room, but for me there were 18 people present. The other two were, of course, Michael's mother and my own. They were very close sisters who each helped the other raise their son. Our mothers worked in the offices of textile factories within a few minutes' walk of that hotel. They worked in the rag trade and they loved clothes. Had they been with us, they could have spent three hours discussing each guest's outfit. If you find Georgia Head is obsessed with appearance, then you have Dot and B to thank for that. Now, Michael, where's your tie? Do I dare to tease my cousin in the voice of his mother about his naked neck? I'm sorry, but I know what they would have said. I think they would have appreciated the four-star hotel comfort with nothing bedraggled, scuffed or worn looking. They had a Christian faith and a respect for church. But yes, I think they would have understood the attraction of a hotel wedding. So, what do I think of it? How does the hotel wedding compare with the church wedding? Where does it leave us as people pondering the future of church? What I saw in this wedding I found both reassuring and disturbing. My honest opinion is that the hotel wedding is nowhere near as good as the church wedding. Church weddings are more beautiful, meaningful, participative, 
more thought-provoking and more dramatic and more fun. I think the wedding is one of the church's finest products and we can be really proud of it. I support the move in many dioceses to hire a stand at wedding planning events to fly the flag and promote their offering. I say shout it from the church tower that we are in business for marriage and our weddings are the best. But I'm well aware not everyone agrees. In the first 20 years of this century, Church of England wedding numbers fell by a half. That's a much steeper decline than the general wedding numbers in society as a whole. Given how good our weddings are, I find it hard not to see this as a deep and widespread rejection of church itself. Yes, there's a rise in non-religious affiliation, but when you look at the church wedding service, it's not very offensively religious. The key lines are the vows the couple make to each other. It's essentially a human drama under the canopy of God, rather than a statement of personal religious faith. It's more like communal grace before a meal than an outpouring of religious fervour. I can't help wondering, if society at large can't cope with our weddings, then what on earth can we offer them? There's an experiment in the Church of England to lower the fee that's been endorsed by General Synod. I don't see much fruit coming from this. Whilst our share of the wedding market has shrunk by half, the budgets of wedding couples have escalated. I think church weddings are fantastic value for money. Have we done everything right we possibly could then? No, not really. Here's where I think we've missed a trick. It's not that hotel weddings are better than church weddings, so much as this. Hotel weddings are easier, easier to plan, easier to organise. The one-site convenience is a valuable innovation in the wedding experience for many people in this country. They like it. And having seen it for myself, I like it. I have always thought that one of the most amazing privileges of the established church is that its clergy can actually create a marriage on the spot. Lots of religious traditions, from Baptists to Muslims, can only offer to celebrate a marriage that you have to transact the legal bit as a registry office. The Church of England can do both the legal and the ceremonial on the spot simultaneously. I sense the Church of England has taken this for granted and been a bit slow to see the next logistical gap opening up in its own model in an age where couples can now get the whole thing in a hotel or a country house or lots of other places. We should have developed a new offering perhaps 20 years ago. Churches with catering facilities to provide a unified ceremony and dining package rolled into one. Perhaps one in every town in a pretty church where you could either bring the catering into the church building or party in an adjacent scrubbed up church hall. Okay, drop that word church hall and perhaps we need the interior designers of the Edwardian Radisson to upgrade us. Some couples will not want our weddings because they just don't want to go near church. But I bet many would come our way if it was just that bit easier. 
Weddings are a human, social thing, always evolving and forever on the move. Surely we're not going to be outdone by an alliance between hotel chains and the local council, are we? Surely we can compete with the best of them. Thank you for listening to episode 81. Next week we come to the end of our three-week non-church crawl. Are we in the company of the cleverest, most learned society in town? Or are we in a church home group?